G'day punters and welcome to the podcast for the weekend Saturday September 19. I'm John Barker. Joining me as usual, Daniel Nuttall and Joel Marshall. Well, Daniel, it's a massive weekend of racing coming up with Group 1 action in two states. We've got the Newcastle Carnival. And uh, look, I guess from a punting perspective, the uh, Sir Rupert Clark Stakes at Caulfield is the big one. But uh, from the point of view of prestige and I guess what's going to win the real big races coming up in the spring, uh, it's probably the George Main, even though there's seven runners. Chris Waller dominates. Can you see anything knocking off uh, Waller's team, Daniel? Uh, yeah, as you're right. Massive day racing, Barks. Um, look, I think... Oh, look, it'll be hard to. I think Villiers is probably the, better, the best of the chances. Um, the Waller, all four of those horses are going really well, aren't they? Of course, Very Elegant was the last start group one winner and, and a couple in behind them, um, the imaging and star of the season, that race were terrific at a bigger price. I think it's a. Ter- it, we'll touch on it more later on, obviously, but it's a it's a brilliant race of Colette, the Oaks winner in the spring. What's on the field might might be a little further than this, but I found it really hard to um, zone in on a winner in that one, and um, along with George Main and the, as well as the Rupert Clark as well. I think like last week we um couldn't separate a couple, a couple of, in a couple of those big races. I think it'll be another case of having a couple of bets um, in races across the card, such as the, the depth of the um of those races. Joel, uh, as I've written in Winning Post and Best Bets this week, Waller has dominated this race. It helps to have Winks, of course. Um, he's won six of the past eight. Obviously, a Villiers knocked, uh, knocked off very elegant last year, very elegant, in fact, running fourth. But it's been a very uh, profitable race for favourite backers. Favourite has won in nine of the past ten years, and last year was typical in that the, the favourite beat the second favourite, third favourite, and fourth favourite in that order. The favourite this year is very, very elegant, uh, but I see you've uh, found one to knock off the favourite this year. Yeah, look, it's likely to be a dry track, and that's the little issue I've got with Very Elegant. I just think she's absolutely at her best with some given the ground, which she did get first up. I just think Imaging's two runs this time in have been excellent. With a bit of luck, he may have gone close to beating very elegant. Well, he did get within a half length of her any time, anyway last time out in the Wink Stakes. So I just thought at the price, 8 or $9 for him off two excellent runs. But uh, look, very elegant. Certainly going to be a, a major player through the spring. So she'll run well. All right. Well, uh, sorry uh, for the spoiler there, folks. We will get to the George May very shortly. But we'll take you right through the black type at Randwick on Saturday. Starting in race four, Darley T. Rose Stakes. 1,400-metre Group 2, set weights for three-year-old fillies. Got a bit of unanimity here. You kick us off, Joel. Yeah, I had to give the punters a bit of a bone there. Imaging, I think, might shorten from $8, so they better nick off and, uh, and get that price early. Uh, the T-Rose, for me, Hungry Heart on top. $2 seems very short. She was very good first up in the Furious, closing late on Dame Giselle. She's drawn well, 1,400 a big tick. So she's very hard to beat, but I don't know if I could take even money. Uh, for every rose, I thought was the value. Now, simply because she comes out of that very fast San Domenico. She beat Doubtland there. Of course, we saw Doubtland come out and win the Dane Hill at Flemington. She is 1,100 to 1,400, and she's never been past 1,200, but just like her bringing a slightly different form line than, uh, than that Furious Stakes. So I think she might be the value. One, Dame Giselle, no knock on her. 
twice now. She sat three wide, no cover, and one group twos over 1,200. So that suggests 1,400 won't be an issue. And I've thrown Sentimental in for fourth, number seven. That Newcastle maiden that she won last start, uh, traditionally a strong race. Some handy winners have won that in the past, including Sweet Deal and Frankly Awesome. And she's always had a bit of talent, this girl. She might be just about ready to put it all together. But I've gone three, four, one and seven. Yeah, like Joel, on top hungry heart, but not sure I can take that price. Um, just the well, first up of 200 metres, uh, bumping into a couple of match fit horses. Um, I thought she was really good. Obviously, took plenty of ground off Danger Zell late. That horse did sit wide, so it was all honours that day. But up to 400 metres, I think, is um, is a tick for the, the Frank Philly. And uh, hence, on top, Danger Zell in, on next. Obviously, hard, hard, hard to knock her, really. Um She's been able to sit wide in both and done it in both ways. She led first up and then second up just to come off on off a wide run. So she can't um, she can't be discounted for obvious reasons. So two to uh, three to beat one. I have the six in the third, which is Vangelic. Did work well prior to the fresh run where she led them up in the Furious and in for fourth. I have four every rose. So three one six four. Race five at Royal Randwick on Saturday is the Bill Ritchie Handicap 1,400-metre Group 3 for three years old and up. I've gone with three, Quackerjack, to bounce back. Very similar flop to that of Dreamforce in the Wink Stakes first up. There was a strong tempo and a couple of those on paces really dropped out. Beaten 15 lengths, Quackerjack. I think Dreamforce was beaten about 16 lengths, and we saw him bounce out of it to win second up. Just hoping Quackerjack can do the same. Uh, dry ground, he's got a good record second up. He'll kick through, be on speed from that good draw. And so, yeah, there's not sort of too many blemishes through his form card. So I think he can bounce back. I've gone with his, his way to beat Probabile, number five. Really surged late through a gap in the last 100 metres there in the show county. It was an excellent return from her. She's high up in betting for the Epsom. She hasn't missed the Quinella second up, so she'll certainly be very strong late. Uh, eight, Rohirin. I read this afternoon that they are leaning to staying in Sydney with this bloke. I had him in my numbers for the Rupert Clark as well, which we'll speak about later. But he's a real chance here. They're keeping him fresh four weeks between runs. That seems to be working a treat. He's just got to run 1,400 now. And two, Brandenburg. Put his run first up in the Wink Stakes was a pass mark. He draws the inside gate, should get all favours. Three on top for me from five, eight, and two. With the seven reloaded, who was with first up in the tramway, uh, after some pretty good trials. Uh, look, he's well backed that day. I think it was, it was 10 into 550 started. Um, and look, yeah, he, he's run really well. He sort of warmed up late and did his best work there into third behind the winner, Dreamforce. Um, fitter for that run of the belt, he, he ran second to Bradenburg, Bradenburg in a uh, group two <clears throat> over this distance, went second up last preparation. So. The form on the board, he's only won the one from nine, but he's thereabouts most uh, thereabouts more often than not, and he can be that so again. So seven on top of five, Probabile. Ripping Mare, as we know, she was um, standing first up over a sprint trip. It's Mr. Quinella in three second up runs, and she's obviously come back in terrific order. Handles all handles all going. Uh, two at next, uh, Bradenburg, who... Um, yeah, first up in, in the in the wing stake, so a four hundred meter race back to sort of group three or his right race, I think, this stage. And in for fourth, I have the ten, which is Kubrick at a at a bit of a price. Um, long way back, first up with a big weight, dropped five kilos into this. 
Um, from Barry 8, I dare say he settles a little closer than he did last start. Um, look, he hasn't won in some time, nearly a year, uh, since winning that Bondi Stakes on, on Cox Plate Day. Uh, but I think if we can find back, get back to his best, back to a 54 kilos, um, he can certainly uh, run a race at a big price and, yeah, worth throwing into wider exotics for sure. 7, 5, 2 and 10. The big one at Randwick on Saturday is race 6, Fujitsu George Main Stakes, 1,600 metres. Standard weight for age. It is worth half a million and uh, it's the first leg of the quaddy and uh, one of the more interesting seven-horse Fields uh, going around this Saturday. We've got the three of the first four from last year, which, of course, was a bilious dream force, the narrow-tied happy clapper and very elegant. And uh, then, as Daniel mentioned, we've got Colette and uh, the two other Waller ones going uh, going well also. So, Joel, talk us into imaging. Well, as I touched on earlier, he hasn't had much go right at either run this time in. He... Probably should have tested Eduardo first up. He ran sort of into a pocket and held up at a key stage and then went to the wink stakes, went back from a wide gate, checked on the turn, held up in the straight and then rallied late to finish fourth within half length of very elegant. So just think there's too big a price gap between these two. He showed glimpses of talent in that first Australian prep through the autumn. They gelded him and now he's come back with two really genuine runs. Obviously, he's getting back onto a drier track, so that's uh, gives us a little bit of a question mark, but I think it'll be fine for him. So I thought he was the value imaging to be very elegant. Strong win in the wink stakes, suited by the speed, but did come wide early. And uh, you yeah, really had to fight to, to hold out Star of the Seas, who looked like he, he'd headed her. So it was a strong return. One of Ilias uh, flew late in the Chelmsford, had the clear best late splits of the race. He missed the wink stakes and went straight into that Chelmsford first up. So he should be a lot fitter for that, you would think. And two Dreamforce, as referenced earlier, bounced back from that flop first up to win the tramway. He will kick through from the inside gate and give you a good sight if you're with him. But I'm with four from six, one and two. Yeah, not much separating the first four or five selections here. Look, I'm with very elegant, um, just due to the fact she has got wins on the board at this sort of top level. Uh, she stayed a long and wide run in that wink stakes and was headed by Star of the Seas, but um, extremely good to kick back and get the bob right on the line. Um, she obviously knows where the line is. I mean, nine of 21, she's such a consistent mare and uh, obviously come back terrifically well this time in again. So but she's on top just. I, I do like imaging as well. Um, the four, yeah, as, as Joel said, she had no, no luck with preparation. Um so meets the same weight scale and can turn the tables, I think. No doubt he's come back in terrific order. Colding, Avilius, and Dreamforce, I think the other three can can perform well. Colding is um obviously didn't really show up in Melbourne. He's two runs this time in have been um pretty good, I thought. And of course is an Epsom winner at this trip. Uh and yeah, Avilius was a terrific first up. Obviously good late splits in that Chelmsford. Um flies second up and um moves up to the mile. So yeah, uh, hard to sort of zone in on one winner, and it'll be hard to sort of um, pick which one's going the quality one to put all five of them in. But my numbers in in, in order six, one, four, and three. Uh, the second leg of the quaddy at Randwick on Saturday is the Bowman's Commercial Furniture Shorts, eleven hundred metres, Group Two, 
set weights and penalties, and this is a cracking field as well. And, Joel, you've been entrusted with the duties of the, picking the winning post front pose this week, and you've gone with a Lesbridge-trained classic legend. Indeed. Would love to have seen him draw better, but uh, nevertheless, he's come up with 10 of 12, so it makes things interesting early. Just think he was a preparation behind all the big guns last year. He, he tackled the shorts. It was his fifth start in a race. He ran second to Pirata, then third in the Premier, and then unlucky in the Everest. Should have gone close to, well, certainly, I think, run second with clear running and maybe test yes, 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 who was electric on the day. But Classic Legend was held up at a key stage and never really able to uh, to show his true worth. He had a, a tick over run in the June stakes in the winter, cameo performance and asserted his class there. I think he's a real talent, and I think 12 months on, he'll just be so much better with that experience last year. So I'm with him. Number three, to beat one, Bivouac. Well, he's drawn wide too. be interesting to see what they do because he's a horse that can, set on, that can settle on speed or, or sort of get out of his ground a bit. So not sure what they're going to do with him first. I'll probably go back, be conservative, but his trial the other day was excellent. We know he's good enough. Ten dirty work with the run under the belt. I thought he handled himself very well behind the big guns in the Concord, running on for third behind Gitra and Nature Strip, and then the Kiwi Catalyst, who uh, certainly a massive fan of. Just wondering whether he's got the dash at 1,100 metres, but very uh, keen to see him return because I do think he is a, a real talent. But three on top for me from one ten and 2. I'm with the horse. I think he's, a, he's the best sprinter in the race, and it is Bivouac. Um, recent trials have been, have been really good. Um, I think it will likely go back from um, from the draw, but yeah, as Joel said, interesting to see what what, what sort of pans out because he is a pretty versatile runner in terms of where he can settle. Uh, he can easily sit back and, and fly over the top of them, uh, no problem. So I'm with Bivouac on top. <clears throat> the ten dirty work who look, wasn't sure how he'd acquit himself at that sort of Group Three um, level in the Concord first up, but he, he handled himself. Really well, I thought. Only two lengths off Gitra. Um, yeah, definitely. Of course, it's uh, on the upward spiral. The five in next Eduardo. Two from two since showing the Joe Pride stable. A bit of rain during the week will help him. Uh, and in for fourth, I had Catalyst. One, ten, five, and two. And... Plenty of interest in race eight at Royal Randwick as well because there's 16 to face the starter plus five emergencies. It's the Schweppes Kingston Town Stakes, 2,000 metres set weights and penalties at Group 3 level and your best bet comes up here, Joel. Yeah, keen on number 14, Zabrowski on Saturday. I think the two clear hardest to beat are 14 and 9. Nine shared ambition. He's going to get a long way back again from that gate. Hopefully Zabrowski can settle a bit in front of him and have that head start. He went a long way in a short time through the autumn with Hugh Bowman aboard throughout that campaign. Hugh jumps back aboard here, third up. He's been doing his best work late at Wait for Age. Both runs back from a spell. I think he gets his chance on Saturday to beat nine, shared ambition. And both his runs have been certainly pass marks. He's just looking for further. Uh, he's going to be very hard to uh, to hold out if he gets the breaks. Two life less ordinary. He doesn't run many bad races, this bloke. He's nine years of age now. He showed last prep. He's still up to this level. Thought his first up run in the Chelmsford was more than satisfactory. And he draws well just to get a nice soft trail sort of in the first half of the field. He's the knockout hope. And 15, Rondonella can certainly improve on that last run. She got a long way back from a wide gate. 
thought she did enough. And, and down on 53 kilos, she can certainly uh, make her presence felt. But I'm with 14 from 9, 2 and 15. Yeah, I was with Rondonella last start. And look, she's finished 9 to 14. But as, as Joel said, got a long way back. Barrier 14, she drew the widest. And um, now's drawn 7 here. I don't think she'll obviously won't get as far back. She's down 53 kilos. Getting up to the right sort of trip now and obviously fitter for those two runs under a belt. So at a price, again, I can um, have a, certainly have a few each way on her. Um, I'll probably be back in the nine as well. Shared Ambition, his record sort of over 2,000 metres um, in Australia is excellent, sort of 2,000 metres and beyond. Um, of course, a draw is, is some sort of concern, but um, I don't think he's been going too badly this time in and, and I think he can certainly improve significantly up third up 2,000 metres. <clears throat> So those are probably the two main bets. Sick and Darabout, the 10. Um, a little bit of a career revival, I guess, with, with Sam Kavanagh. Won the Cox Plate. Sorry, the Cox Plate. Cox Harbour Cup. Um, second up. And then uh, was a little unlucky, I thought. Probably wouldn't have beaten Morgan 2 with even luck, but uh, certainly finished much closer. Um, sort of caught in the pocket there on the rail at the top of the straight. The last 100 metres was really good. Um, and up to 2,000 metres. Uh, Again, sorry, fourth up and in for fourth. I have the 14, um, Zabrowski, um, 15, 9, 10, and 14 for me. And Daniel's got an interview with Sam Kavanagh. If you would like to read more about Sikandarabad and the stables philosophy going forward in this week's winning post. Uh, now, we knocked out two of your specials in that race because Joel's best was race eight, number 14, Zabrowski, and Daniel Nuttall's value bet was race eight, number 15, Ron Donella. Joel, talk us through your value bet, which comes up earlier in the program at Randwick, and that's race three, number 10, Sink Day. His first couple of runs on wet tracks weren't all that flash. They put the blinkers on him third up. He found a dry track. They rode him quiet, and he really savaged the line. Had the day's third best last 600, 400, and 200 sectionals. So he's back on track, this bloke. He'll get a firm track again. He's drawn well, so that means he can settle a bit closer. And, uh, yeah, the good odds already been knocked off. I think 17s into 9s I saw yesterday afternoon. So a few people out there like him, and, and hopefully he can run well. Uh, race 3, number 10. My best, uh, Your best bet comes up earlier in the day, uh, very early, in fact. Yeah, sure does, a theory. Uh, look, didn't really get the greatest of luck last start at Randwick. I thought she was uh, really well placed there, but, um, yeah, sort of luckless. Um, just see the sort of needed room sooner there at Randwick. I think dropping to 52 kilos, she's 59 that day. She's plummets and weight is 52, dropped 7 kilos. Um, I think she's due... This girl, she comes up against a, a stronger field, no doubt, hence the weight drop. But um, I think she's going better than the form indicates this preparation. Um, and I think she can get us to, hoping she can get us, get us off to a flyer. Sydney, race one, number 11, theory. Excellent. Uh, Caulfield is the venue for uh, Melbourne racing this Saturday. And we start a bit later with... In fact, we start in race six, uh, first leg of the quaddy, and it is the Aquas Jim Maloney Stakes for Pinchapoo. Uh, this is set weights and penalties race for three-year-old fillies over 1,400 metres, Joel. 
uh, keen on the two fillies here that I liked at the Valley last start and not much between them. But again, I will side with Aidan's field. I thought she was a cracking return there in the Atlantic Jewel. Um, sort of nothing took her into the race. She came wide, had to sustain her run, still had the best last 200 of the race. Just Night Raid was sort of coiled up in behind them with the cover and, and able to dash through, um, you know, with every chance. I thought Aidan's field run was excellent. She's in an either... A little bit of luck again here from a wide draw, but uh, pretty keen on her. Six agreeable, 1,400, just what she's crying out for. She was very good also in the Atlantic Jewel. I think one of those two will win. No knock on the favourite, number four, Mozzie Monster. Both her wins have been very good. Uh, this is a, a decent step up in class for her, but she has looked above average. And 12, Hindam created a big impression first up. That was only on the synthetic and probably wasn't beating much, but... Looked good. Uh, she looks a, a nice, well-bred daughter of Savabiel out of a fast net rock. And, uh, yeah, seems to have a bit of quality about her. But I'm with two from six, four and 12. Yeah, same numbers, slightly different order. I'm with six agreeable. I just think now looking for the 1,400 metres. Um, both efforts this time in have been, been reasonably good. That's up in Quisette, got a long way back, ran on well here at Caulfield and then Mooney Valley last start again. Running on from the rear, I think up to 400 metres, I will um, will suit her to the ground, and um, she's on top for me. Mozzie Monster in next before uh, what she's done so far. She's certainly looks one out of the box. Um, it comes off a of Phillies and Mare benchmark 64 last start, but um, sort of treated that field with contempt. She did it easily, and I think she she can measure up at this level. The two Aidens field um, brave effort off a wide run as Joel touched on. She won beaten second up and in for fourth. I had 12 also in Darm. Um, six, four, two, and 12. Well, a furious agreement here because I've got uh, the same four and, in fact, in the same order as Joel. Aidens Field, Agreeable, Mozzie Monster, Hindarm, two, six, four, and 12. Race seven at Caulfield on Saturday is the Catnax Jewelers MRC Foundation Cup. Uh, it is 2,000 metres, a quality handicap. And, Joel, you have spoken to Trent Busserton uh, this week, mainly about Tagaloa, but also about his many other chances on the program. But uh, I can report that uh, when he told you, very frankly, that Mirage Dancer probably wasn't going to win this race, uh, he was bang on because he scratched it. <laughs> uh, Indeed, yeah. I just saw that scratching come through. <laughs> Uh, anyway, tell us what you are tipping here. Yeah, well, I'm uh, going for history to repeat uh, a little bit here. Michael Walker combined with Chris Waller on a horse third up last year, Brimham Rocks, and uh, was a very nice collect for myself. So I'm going to back the pair in again here uh, with number 12, De Beer. Very good first up at a mile. He had the break between runs at the Valley. He sort of wobbled a bit on the turn, which proved costly. He did knuckle down and and tried really hard late, but uh, came up short. He was really well liked that day, $2.70 favourite. You're getting double figures on Saturday, and I'm happy to jump aboard from a good gate. Um, you know, he, I guess the one query is that he could be looking for that mile and a half now, but uh, hopefully with that break between runs from the first to the second up run, he's still got another good 2,000-metre performance in him. So I'm with 12 to beat nine, order of the garter. Three runs in Australia for three seconds. I thought that run at Caulfield last time out behind Al Galeel was very good. I can certainly understand why he's at the top of the market. 18, Kanan gets into the race. He hasn't fired in his two runs in Sydney. They've been 
I guess, pass marks. He's desperately looking for further, and he gets 2,000 metres here. If he can wind up and uh, sort of be put into the race before the corner, he will be very strong late. And three, Dr. Drill, eye-catcher in the heavily, saving ground on the fence and running on very strongly. He can settle closer out to 2,000 metres and uh, certainly make his presence felt. But I'm with 12 each way from 9, 18 and 3. I'm with the 14 gamekeeper. I was with in the heavily. Uh, the heavily. <clears throat> um, look, he was 1,200 to 1,700 metres that day. So, and look, had every chance, sort of just off the speed, um, finish on like half a length behind in good health. They just couldn't catch it for big price. Um, obviously, 1,200 to 1,700, as I said, will certainly improve for that run up. Uh, and up to 2,000 metres, third up. Won a three-year-old handicap with 52 kilos on his back with ease. So, well, Quite well, considering the weight he carried um, over this over this trip. So, only twelve starts under his belt. Um, certainly, a lot of improvement left. Then I think he can do a sight here. Gamekeeper, um, close to double figure odds for fourteen. He's going really well. The eighteen in next to name. Uh, just desperate for the two thousand meters now. Uh, of course, it's one to pack a plate third up over this trip. Last time in, uh, but in for fourth. I have the twelve, which is the beer. Uh, looked the winner on the turn, which Joel sort of touched on sec- uh, second up, but did did wobble there. That was costly. Uh, but he's going clearly going well and fitted for that run of the belt. And then in for fourth over the nine order of the garter. We're looking for um, right, some pretty high quality handicaps in the, during the spring. 14, 18, 12, and nine, my numbers. Well, we've certainly helped the listeners skinny up these first two legs of the quarry because uh, we only had uh, four. Um, four selections between us in race six. We all went for the same four horses in various orders, and this time there's only five. So I've uh, got gamekeeper to beat Dr. Drill, De Beer, and Kenane. So that's 14, 3, 12, and 18. And Order of the Garter was the other horse mentioned, number nine. Race eight is the big one at Hawfield on Saturday. It is the Ned's Sir Rupert Clark Stakes. Group one, half a million dollars, and it is a handicap over 1,400 metres, Joel. Yeah, really intriguing race. Plenty of chances, as you'd expect for, you know, a group one handicap. Always a, a stack of chances. I am leaning towards a couple of the uh, Colts and Entires in the race. They've got a good record overall in this race uh, three-year-old colts i haven't seen many of them run in recent times a bit surprising as i've touched on in the winning post this week they had a sort of went through a bit of a purple patch through the late 90s early 2000s winning four out of nine editions clearly you've got to have a top class colt um you know testarossa exceed and excel our maze case some of the winners so right at the top of their Age group, and I thinking Tagaloa can do it this year. I thought his first up run in the McNeil was excellent with 59.5, giving weight away down to 54. I like the fast, the likely fast tempo, I think sets up really well for him. And uh, yeah, I think he can get away with this at a good price, good each way backable price. And I'm with 16, Bancro is the main danger. He's the other one I'll be backing in the race. Always a bit risky taking that. You know, horses coming out of the races where there's such a blanket finish, as we saw last week in that Bobby Lewis. They went a pedestrian speed early, and there was, you know, not much between five or six of them. So that's the the worry. But I just figure third up, he will be absolutely primed for this, being a, a brother to 
Group One winner Booker. They paid not even nearly a million for him, so they want that Group One. I just think this has been the real target for him. So I'm 15 from 16. I've got 14 row heron for third. Obviously, if he stays in Sydney, I will bump up my fourth pick, which is Age of Chivalry, number 11. Ran well in this race last year, and his two runs back have been good. And I will throw in number one, Behemoth, now into my four. Obviously, 60 kilos. That's the negative, but he's drawn well. He'll stalk the pace and run very well. 15, 16, 11, and 1, with Roheron coming out. With the five super stormies, uh, he's a very talented gelding. This uh, this Perth four-year-old, he was first up in... 1,100-metre race at Group 3. Probably no match early on for some of those classy sprinters, but he really hit the line well, settling well back. Um, third fastest, last 200 metres of the race. 1,400 metres, much more his go. He was second up. Went second up last time in. He was second in Australian guineas on Alligator Blood and then went to the All-Star Mile and was second behind the stable mate Regal Power. Um, he'll be charging late, and I'll be having each way bet on him for sure. The five Superstorm, another... I'll be having a bet on his Cascadian in the four who was on in the Memsey and had some sort of task ahead of him, uh, didn't he? When the turn for home, he was wide and back and um, would have been a brilliant effort to sort of chase him down from well back to him. I sort of sat the winner, sat much closer to the speed. But he kept coming and I thought he was excellent there. Um, I'm going to happy to stick with him. I think his two runs this time in have been, have been really good. He's bursting to win one. The five to beat four, the seven in next... Madame Rouge, who first up, um, not much luck there, but she did did find the line well up in trip, her, her go for sure. Um, we'll go back from the wide draw and in for fourth, I have the one behemoth last start group, one winner over the trip, can't, hard to ignore, obviously. Five, four, seven and one. I'm with Joel with Tagaloa. Um, I, guess the, I guess the worry and perhaps the reason why not so many three-year-olds have tackled the race in more recent years is that uh, they're not very well weighted these days. They're, they're higher minimums, Joel, are they are coming in with, with higher weights now? Yeah, yeah, higher minimums. And that's right. I mean, you, you'd think a three-year-old at this stage of the season should be getting more weight off the older horses. So that's, yeah, I guess that's where he's a little bit disadvantaged. Yeah, anyway, I'm, I am with him, uh, as I've noted in the publications this week, um, it's a it's a race where weight does seem to pl- play a large role. The vast majority of winners seem to have 54.5 or less. He has 54, but that is a couple of kilos overweight for age, I think, whereas obviously most of these are well underweight for age. Uh, from Age of Chivalry, Behemoth and Cascadian. So 15, 11, 1 and 4 for me. Race 9 at Caulfield on Saturday. Ned's How Now Stakes... Set weights and penalties for the mayor's four-year-old and up at Group Three level, Joel. Well, I just I have to butter up again on Missile Mantra. Uh, you know, she was sixteens into eights, and it was happy day. She was getting a lovely run back on the fence, and then just got wiped out. Um, sort of got crowded, hit the rail, and just put herself right out of action in the cockroom. She was eased down, so I have to go again with her. She's got a good kill. She had a good Caulfield record before that. And uh, stable reports that uh, she's come through it uh, sort of, uh, you know, well and with no knocks. So I've got to go again with her each way to beat six liar. Very hard to beat. Excellent return in the Heath. Back to Mayor's grade, 1,200, both ticks. Uh, one Spanish whisper, pretty consistent this level. 
wasn't able to place last prep, but she was sort of all around it. A couple of decent Group 1 runs. And five, I am eloquent. Winner this day last year of the uh, Jim Maloney listed race for the Phillies. Group 2 placed behind Zilong and Ghana in... Uh, in May, so that form certainly stacks up pretty well. I thought she opened up over the odds, but uh, eight on top for me from six, one, and five. Yeah, with the six liar who um, really well weighted here with the, the 55 kilos and the set weights and penalties, she was excellent first up, um, stable indicating she'll improve off the run. And I think with that, yeah, as I said, with 55 kilos on her back, um, I think she's really hard to beat and the best of the day in Melbourne. The eight missile mantra, I'm a fan of her too. Uh, of course, you'd have to completely forgive the first up run. Um, she's a winner here, of course, at Caulfield. And yes, yeah, so those are clearly the two. Broadway in fourth, a uh, bit of a fan of her. She was didn't really have all, all that much luck first up, but she can certainly win here. We'll need a little bit of luck from Barrier One. She does get back in her races. And in for fourth, I have the two Hummer Hummer. Um, also a pleasing return in that in that Heath Group Three and. Um, and then second up for sure. Six, eight, four, and two. Similar for me. I'm with Lyra as well from I Am Eloquent, Hummer, Hummer, and Felicia, six, five, two, and 12. Daniel's best was Lyra, as you mentioned, race nine, number six. His value bet race seven, number 14, Gamekeeper. That's up against Joel's value bet race seven, number 12, Dabir. Joel's best. Uh, race eight, number 15, Tagaloa is also my best. And my value bet is uh, a horse that has had uh, no luck at all in a couple of runs this prep. Uh, very good prep last time in, uh, including a third up win. And I speak of race five, number nine, the closer. And I'm pleased to see that Joel is on my side with the closer as well. There is a black type race in Adelaide this Saturday and they are racing on the main track at Morfordville. It is race eight, the TAB WH Wiley Handicap listed event over 1,100 metres. And which way did you go here, Daniel? Only yeah, eight runners, but the really competitive little contest. Um, thought and with Prophet Stum on top, the three. 54 kilos, think she's well in here. Uh, she goes well fresh, two from two from four. And her most recent, well, her first up run last preparation, she was really good in her Reva Stakes. That form, format that race turned out to be um, terrific. Um, she only two and a half lengths out, settling well back there at Mornington. Not a great track to sort of get back and run on on. But um, look, I think she's in for a good prep. And um, if she brings her best, she'll certainly be hard to beat the three profits. Um, uh, the five, Gardner, Pleasing return as that, as that um, pleasing return in that heat, that race we sort of referenced um, at the last at Caulfield. <clears throat> a lot of the form coming through there, um, also with 54 kilos on his back. So he looks the hardest to beat. And I thought the four and two F Troop and Smithcraft were also chances as well. Three, five, four, and two, my numbers. Okie dokie. Uh, your specials on the Morfordville program in a very non-Caldiorio fashion come up in the first two races. Yeah, Somerset Morm from the Danny O'Brien sale looks just really hard to beat. Uh, one of the better bets on the day, I would have thought. Just controlled the race at sale last start, got to his uh, favourite front-running spot and, and kicked away at the straight. It was, a, it was a terrific win. This is a little bit tougher, no doubt, and slightly back in trip, but he's the class horse of the field and 
$2.10, I'm happy to take that price about him. It should be really, really hard to beat Todd Panel on board, one of the leading jockeys in SA. So race one, number three, my best. The value comes up in the next. I'm going to back a couple of horses here. The self-sufficient, about the $7 mark, I really liked on debut, um, but just blew it at the start. Uh, somehow still regathered it to run on and to finish a, a close second behind Galaxy Keeper, who's jump out prior to that were really good. He's a talented Goldie, I think, from the John O'Connor stable, and that debut run was very eye-catching despite missing the start. So he'll be one be one bet, the five. I think the six Vancouver Velvet, about 27 to one. It's also worth, also worth an each-way bet. Um, first up here, recent trial, given a real soft trial at Morfordville, um, but I like the way sort of extended late there. wasn't far away from some pretty, pretty handy horses um, in that heat. So 56 kilos after the claim. And certainly um, have a couple each way on Vancouver. One race, two, number five, and six. All righty, Joel, any thoughts on Adelaide? Well, the risk of confusing listeners, maybe they can chuck in another roughie into that second race because I'm going to have a little something on number seven each way if the three-place dividends holds up. Heavy rotation. Formerly with Gerald Ryan, I was following her in Sydney. Her first up, her first run in a race was an absolute cracker. She came from last and ran fifth behind Hollyfield. She's struck heavy nine and soft seven at her next two starts. Obviously, connections have lost patience, and she's uh, been shipped on and moved to another stable. And, yeah, if it's a firm track on Saturday, that's the query. But if it is going to be a good track, um, at 30 to 1, I'll be having a couple of dollars on her. So maybe a couple of that up with uh, with Daniels too, and you'll be in for a nice little exotic or two. All righty. They are racing at Gold Coast as the Metro meeting in Queensland this Saturday. Daniel, what have you found for us there? Uh, in the last, I really like the Waller Train Prospectus. Now, it comes up against... Gotcha Grayon, who I made my best um, a fortnight ago at Brisbane. He was able to get the job done. Um, sort of had the easier run up up on the speed. It wasn't an easy run. He sort of sat wide and, and did enough to hold on. But Prospectus, on the other hand, got a long way back, sort of lost his spot. Had to sort of come wide and had to sustain a long, wide run. Just kept coming and taking ground off Gotcha Grayon. Um, and I think the rise to 800 metres will certainly benefit the Waller-trained um, four-year-old. Um, 55 kilos gets a couple of a couple of kilos weight swing in his favour, so he ticks a few boxes and yeah, thinking he can turn the table. Prospectus race nine, number fourteen, my best. The value comes up in race six, which is uh, Bowfoot Park for Les Kelly. Now it's had the two starts uh, for Les Kelly. This horse was previously trained in New South Wales by um, by Gerald Ryan, and they had two starts for Les Kelly and on this home, on this home track of the Gold Coast. Uh, first up, sound it when running into second, but last start just um, dominated the small field. Sat back and showed a neat turn of foot to win pretty easily there. There's no doubt a tougher a tougher race, but he's going really well, I think, and um, drawn ideally in barrier one. She just get, get a lovely, sit, lovely run just off the speed. And with even luck, will be hard to hold out. So this race six, number six, my value at the Gold Coast, both at par. Joel, anything on the Gold Coast? No, nothing for me on the coast. Belmont, the venue for Perth Racing once again on Saturday. There is no black type, but BJ's best for uh, Team Williams and uh, the Peters Investments crew is race seven, number seven, Celebrity Queen. is value bit earlier on the program. First up, 
a good price by uh, BJ Standards in Perth. Uh, race three, number six, Carabinia, a $14 chance. Earlier in the day, Joel, they are racing across the Tasman at Hastings and Ruakaka. Yeah, and they've got uh, the Group 1 Tarzino Trophy, uh, the first leg of their Triple Crown there at Hastings. Um, Avantage is going to be a very warm favourite. That's race 10 on the card, uh, number 8. She was very good winning first up. She's won 11 of 18 and should be very hard to beat. Uh, Tavi Mack, Jennifer Eccles and maybe Van Cougar at a bit of a price worth thought for your multiples. Uh my value bet early in the day at Hastings, race two, number five, Ripcord. Thought the first up run was a real eye-catcher. Quickly stepping up to 2,000 metres, but uh, in a good stable, trained by Kevin Myers, gets a three-kilo claim. And I think he's uh, yeah he's a horse with a bit of a staying future, so I think he can run really well. Uh, the best bet comes up in the final race, race 11, number two, Hooter, who was well backed off a good trial first start and was impressive coming from back in the field to win well. It's been kept fresh. It's had a trial since. Gate one, you know, might get a bit buried away from there, uh, from that gate. But if he gets the breaks, I think he's got a bit of a future, this bloke. So uh, well worth looking at him. Race 11, number two at Rua Karka, the best race two, number 12, ever so easy. Tipped him on debut in a group race. He was sent out big odds. He ran really well. Obviously just lacked a bit of ring craft there. He finished fifth. Drops back to a maiden on Saturday and... I expect him to be favourite, but uh, he should be going very close. Race two, number 12. And our value bet for Ruakaka has uh, gone around today in New Zealand and didn't do any good, so listeners will save their money there. But uh, we'll give a new value bet. Race six, number nine, Yamuna, knocking on the door, runner-up past a couple, three kilos off, looks well-placed to uh, to go close. Race six, number nine. All righty, that wraps up a big Saturday of racing around Australasia. But uh, before that, there is uh, the big Newcastle Carnival over Friday and Saturday, 15 races, and there's three Group 3s on the Friday, uh, kicking off with Race 5, the Australian Bloodstock Cameron Handicap over 1,500 metres. Who wants to uh, be on the end of this handball? Yeah, I'm fine with that. I've done the form uh, tips are in the winning post. So special reward for me. I was with him last week. He just didn't get out at a key stage. He was held up. And, uh, you know, once he got out, he battled on well. But uh, the winner, Wild Planet, had got the momentum. And I thought he went well enough to suggest he could bounce back on a quick backup and be very hard to beat. Just thinking number nine, Rock, number six, last year's winner. And one, Lure Main, I thought were the main dangers. And race six at Newcastle on Friday is the Sharp Electronics Group Newcastle Gold Cup. 2,300-metre Group 3 worth uh, 200-odd thousand. And Mugger 2 expected to go on his winning way, Joel? Yeah, Chris Lees, I think, still searching for his first uh, win in a Newcastle Cup, and I think he'll get it tomorrow. He's got a bit of weight, Mugger 2, but he just looks to have a touch of class on his rivals here. Last year's winner, Hush Ryder, ran well first up at Wyong, so he's on track to, to try and defend his crown. 11, Heron Gore was massive odds last start and ran really well. He can uh, continue to improve, and four cars off. Good, honest performer at this sort of level. And race seven at Newcastle on Friday, just a seven-race card, is the Yarraman Park Tibby Stakes. 
Yeah, I don't mind this race. I've gone with 10 Electric Girl at a bit of value. I thought the first up run was very good at 1,100 metres in a fast race. She stayed at 1,100 metres last week in that Masked Crusader race uh, that was won by Fatus, and I thought she battled on well. To 1,400 third up is a big plus. I think she's a good each-way play at double figures. I am a bit scared of number 11, All Saints Eve, because I think she's got a lot of quality, this girl. She won well first up on the heavy track been kept fresh since 12 game of thorns might be the value has form around asiago who was impressive winning first up at wyong might be the value out of that pair and i've got asiago in for fourth daniel anything you'd like to tell us about newcastle on friday yeah look i I'm like one earlier in the day um race race two it is the waller train yangtze rapids uh first up in a, a warwick farm Three-year-old maiden and sort of just missed the kick there, but he really knuckled down late. I love the way he hit the line. I think he'll be winning some some good races in time. I think in the very next race, the three, Illumina from the Waterhouse Bot Stable, um, can certainly win this at around the $9 mark. She extremely gallant and defeat on debut. Um, led them up there. Looked look to be pressured and um, early in the straight, but she kicked back and, and made it tough for the the Quinella to sort of pass her, and I think he passed her in the last 50 metres or so. The winner of that race, Harlem Luya, then came out, won a benchmark 64 at the next start to front the form. So those have been my two main bets for the day. Um, and in the Cup, I think cars off. Well, certainly it will be hard to beat Mugatu. Uh, Mugatu sort of held at bay last start, but cars off getting up to his right sort of trip now. He's, he was he ran well in the Grafton Cup over this trip, three back, and then went back to the mile. And then up to 900 metres again in the Premier's Cup last start. He, he also always runs well. He hasn't won for some time. It does get a bit of a thing of three kilo weight swing on Mugger 2 and, and up to his right trip. So 17 to 1, I can certainly entertain each way. That'd be more of a place bet than a win bet in the Cup like six number 4. All righty. That brings us to our best $20 bets of the weekend, as we like to call them, Lazy Lobsters. Well, we did bounce back with a uh, an overall profit last week, but uh, embarrassingly enough, it came entirely through our guest lobster Dale Scott, who went fierce impact the win, uh, $64 profit there, getting us uh, to a total $4 profit. Dale is back this week, and uh, he's in your camp. Joel, as far as the George Main Stakes goes, but he's being a little bit more conservative with imaging he's going 20 a place, which obviously we'll have to one, run one or two in the seven-horse field. I am going to Flemington, uh, Caulfield, I should say, uh, and the horse that I am having $10 each way uh, on at Caulfield is... Uh, Indeed, it is Daniel's value better of the day, and that is race seven, number 14, Gamekeeper. Joel? Uh, I'll go in the Rupert Clark. I'll have 10 a win Tagaloa and 10 a win Banquo. I'm keen on that pair, and they're you know, both around $8.59. So 10 a win on 15 and 16 in race eight. 
Daniel. Yeah, we'll go last and we'll Gold Coast rather. Race nine, number 14. We get $4 about Prospectus. Um, then last of the Gold Coast, number 14. Prospectus, 20 a win? 20 a win, sorry. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. It is online as we speak to you via winningpost.com.au. Just click on the link in the main story there. If you can't get to your newsagent for any reason, it is uh, in newsagents around Australia, bar the NT and WA, first thing Friday morning or thereabouts, uh, certainly everywhere on a, on a Friday. So got all the form for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and all your favourite features. But we will be back to talk to you next Thursday. In the meantime, have a great weekend, punters, and we'll talk to you next week on the preview podcast.